as I, I, I always wrestle with the message. I hope that's a good thing because it's, it's like, what, what does God want for us? What does He want for you? You know, on, on a weekly basis, I struggle with that because I feel like if I don't get exactly what He wants, then I'm letting you down, and more importantly, I'm letting Him down. Because the Lord wants us to learn certain things to help take us to the next step in our life. And if you remember the last time I spoke, which was a couple of weeks ago, uh, I talked about that three-letter word, which was, who remembers? Own. O-W-N. Own. And I, I talked about how I own my church. You own your church. And your behavior will show that, right? And at the very end of it, I talked about how I will not need somebody to tell me what to do. I'm going to look for what to do, and I'm going to get it done. Because this is my church, and I own it. I'll find a place to serve as under the Lord. I hope you've done that. When I became born again back in 1981, when I met the Lord for the first time, the thing that changed my life the most, and, and you would think it would be this, and this, don't misunderstand me, this is important. The Word of God is important. If you're not getting it in, you've got to feed on it. Jesus is the bread of life. You need to feed on it. All right? But the thing that changed my life the most as a young believer, was when I got involved. Because the Lord was able to use what I did to grow me up. And until I did that, I couldn't grow up. I had a bunch of Word in me, but I didn't know how to apply it. And so getting involved, learning to serve, is one of the ways the Lord uses to help grow us up. Can I put it like that? I'll give of my time, I'll give of my resources generously. I'll do all that I can to ensure that people who come to my church enjoy their experience. I'll never forget, this was years ago, and it was a, a, obviously another church, and Jesse Duplantis had, was coming to speak. And, you know, he's a pretty big name amongst the church. And we had some new visitors come in. And it was an evening service. And I remember this young man came in and he sat in the back. And can I borrow you for a minute, Corey? Come up here just for a minute. So he looks, he looks kind of like Corey in that he has a hat on. All right? Nice hat. I like your hat. And I'm glad you're wearing it because it helps me with my illustration. So this young man sits down, not from our town, came all the way to hear Jesse Duplantis, and one of the ushers came up to him and said, young man, you need to remove your hat. That's what he said. <laughs> I didn't even give you the script. And this went back and forth for a few minutes, and then another usher came over and said, young man, you need to remove your hat. No. Man, you are good. So after about five minutes of this, embarrassing this young man who just came to hear the man of God speak that day, you know what he did? He left. He left. 
I don't know what the Lord could have done in him that night. Thanks, Corey. You can sit down. Bless you, man. Perfect. Give, give Corey a hand. I don't know what the Lord could have done in that young man that night because we never got to see. But my whole point is, really, a hat? And you know why he didn't take it off? On his way out, he told me. Because my hair was messed up and I didn't want anybody to see that. Wow. All of us have a responsibility to make people feel like this is the best experience in their life. Because heaven and hell are at war here. All right? And it's our responsibility to make sure that hell doesn't get the higher seat. God is in the house. And I want everybody who comes to the hope to realize that, you know what? They're not perfect, but they love me. And that's the most important thing. Our prayer is, when it's all said and done, that we will hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. That's my prayer for you, for me, for everybody that is a believer. So this week, I'm going to look at the same idea, that the word O-W-N, but this time I'm going to use it in a little different light. I'm going to talk about own it, meaning that you own this new life that God has given you. And let me just say up front, if that's not you, if you haven't given your life to Christ yet, if you haven't taken advantage of that new life yet, at the end of the service, I will give you that opportunity to pray and to receive what God has for you. But I want to talk to most of you are believers. As I look around this room, I, I can tell that. All right, you're, you're already new in Christ. Amen? As born-again believers, you and I are expected to own this. Nobody else can live your life for you. Nobody. You cannot blame anyone else if your life sucks. I'm being blunt. I've heard so many people come to me, well, I'm like this because so-and-so did this, somebody said that, Blah, 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 blah. When God gives you a new life, it's a new life. That old stuff is behind you. You're no longer that person. And if you drag that old person on with you, it's your own fault. Let it go. Release it. Let God do some beautiful things in your life. So today I want to examine what it means to own this new life. Are you with me? This faith journey that we're all on thanks to none other than Jesus. Hallelujah. You're going to hear his name a few times today. Put another way, you and I are given new life in Christ, right? Once our names are written in the Lamb's book of life, what does that look like? What is that? What should we look like, if I could put it that way? So here's some questions I'm going to answer. According to the Scripture, what does God expect from me as the owner of this new life? You ever thought of that? What's God expect from you? Is what He's given you some trivial little thing? 
Is it pretty amazing? Is it the most amazing? Can you do it on your own? So we're indebted to him, aren't we? We owe it to him to own this life that he's so freely given us. What kinds of things should I be doing with my new life that will bless God and honor his holy name? And it wasn't long ago I did a message on uh, uh, pleasing the Lord, putting a smile on the face of Jesus. And that's kind of what I'm talking about here. What does it take from you and me to put a smile on the Master's face? We should be thinking about that more. And finally, what are some things to avoid that will damage my new life or reflect poorly on the kingdom of God? These are the questions I'd like to answer. So would you bow your heads and hearts with me just for a moment? Father, we humbly come to you today, including this man. I need you more than anybody here because I want you to speak through me and I don't want to miss it today. I pray right now that you would just open our ears to hear, give us eyes to see the kingdom of God and and our part in it. Lord, the Bible says that you loved us so much that you sent your only son Jesus to take our place on that cross, to die for our sins. And through that death, Lord, you have redeemed us from the curse of the law. We're no longer held accountable for our own sins thanks to Jesus. Help us to see what that means today. Help us to own this new life that you've freely given us. And Lord, as we do, I pray that by the time this service ends, that many here will see themselves in light of who you see them as. Lord, many here today will decide, yes, I want to own this new life that God has for me. We yield to you. We dedicate this short time into your hands. Be glorified. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. So, if you have your swords with you, your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to the book of Colossians. And I'm going to begin reading with, uh, in chapter 3. By the way, prior to chapter 3, uh, Paul goes, the Apostle Paul goes into this whole litany of things about being pious. You know what that means? Like when, so the church, or back then the Jewish culture, had, had put a whole bunch of things on these people. Well, you got to do this, 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 if you really want to please God. And that's being pious, all right? They're man made things, not God made. And that's how this culture was. And, and these men had come into the church in its infancy, in Colossus, and they were trying to get the people to load them up again with all these things, these man-made things. Well, I want to tell you this. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. God didn't come to load us up with all kinds of stuff to do. But there are a few things we need to keep in mind as we live this life. Things that will help us to own it, if if you'll allow me to put it that way. And I believe... Paul is identifying these things in this passage of Scripture in chapter 3. So here we go. And I'll put it up behind me in the NLT. Colossians 3, 1 through 4, reading from the NLT. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights, and, and in some manuscripts it says heart. 
Set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Can you get that picture in your head? Here's Jesus. Where is he? At the right hand of the throne. Which is the highest seat, okay? Right? The right hand is the highest seat. Think about things of heaven, not the things of earth, for you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. Now there's a lot going on in these first four verses. First, you have been raised. That's a direct reference to how Jesus was first raised from the dead. And now, because of him, you and I are raised from death and taken into life. I, I had this uh, passage highlighted here only because it's, it, this is super important. Romans chapter 6, Paul talks about this in more detail, and I'm not going to read the whole chapter, but in Romans 6, Paul said, Well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Of course not. Since we have, listen to this, died to sin... How can we continue to live in it? Or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ, when we were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, we joined him in death? You don't think about that. When we join Christ in baptism, we join together with him in death. He took our place on that cross. And when we're baptized in the tank, we take that on. For we died and we were buried with Christ by baptism. Now here's the good news. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may, may live new lives. Now we may also live what? New lives. That's what Paul is saying. That's what he's saying in this passage. If you have put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you have new life. You were once a sinner, but now you are free. You're born again, right? Because of the power and the provision of the Holy Spirit. God took care of everything. Our part is just to acknowledge what he did and say, I want it. How simple is that? As you own your new life, remember this. You are, our, you are an heir to the kingdom. Some of the songs you chose today, again, I was just like, ah. I wish they could see the message because they, they, they lined right up with where I was going today. You are an heir of Christ. You are a child of God's kingdom. You are an ambassador of good things, representing Jesus and all that you do, all that you say. Can I get an Amen. Then he said, keep your sights on heaven. What happens with some is that they, they get their sights or their heart off of God and onto the things of this world. That's where danger, danger, Will Robinson, that's where we get into trouble. If we take our eyes off of him, and I, I call this a vertical relationship. This is the horizontal relationship. We too often as believers, we take our eyes off of Him and we get them out here where 
We're looking at how other people live. Oh, look at what they have. Boy, would I like what they have. You don't know the, the pain and the struggles that they've gone through to get to where they're at. But in your observation, as weak as it is, you think you want what they have. But trust me, you don't. You want what God has for you. We need to stop looking out here, stop evaluating ourselves by what they say, and start evaluating ourselves by what He says. You are my son. You are my daughter. I died for you. I've given you everything you need to be victorious in this life. Own it. My paraphrase, of course. I don't think there's any place where God said, own it but I'm trying to connect that to this message, all right? The creature comforts of this life often take our eyes off of God and we, we start looking at what we have and what we want to get next. Remember, according to Scripture, you and I, we're only passing through. <laughs> I use this term loosely today only because it has been so political but we are aliens. We're just walking through. This isn't our planet. Our citizenship is where? The USA? It's in heaven. Heaven is our citizenry. That's where we're going to live forever and ever and ever. And how long is that? Forever and ever and ever and ever. <laughs> I think I heard that once. Heaven is your real home. And then he said, think about heaven. Why? When you're getting ready to go on vacation, and I always look at heaven as vacation because, well, it's just good. There's no bad there. Vacation's always awesome. When you think about it, and, and you start, usually you, you plan it, you know, maybe it's like six months in advance, and maybe you're going, and, and forgive me for using this, but you're going to Disney World, you know, and your kids are just like, hey, when are we going to Disney World? Not for six months. When are we going to Disney World? Not for five months. When are we going to Disney World? Not for four months. I mean, they count down. Why? They're looking forward to it. And we, God's children, how much better do you think heaven's going to be than Disney World? Huh? I can promise you it's going to be way better. Way, 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 way better. And we should be looking forward to what's coming next. Because Jesus said, I am going to prepare a place for you. He's got each one of us in mind. And I wonder if each of our own little haciendas aren't going to be tailored to us. You're going to walk in and it's, Good morning, Norm. That's my room talking to me. What can I do for you today? I mean, I can just see this. Can you get a picture? Remember, Christ is seated at the right hand of God. And from that highest seat of authority, the Bible says He mediates for us and He prays for you and me. 
You're going through something right now? Guess what? Jesus is talking to his dad about you. Jesus is praying for you. Jesus is sending heaven's messengers, angelic beings when necessary, to protect you. Even, even, where is he? Even when you don't see the semi in front of you because the light's shining in your face and the next thing you know, you're on somebody's bumper sticker on a semi. God bless you. I'm glad you're safe. Without name and names, John. <laughs> Don't lower yourself back to the level of the earthly kingdom. God's given you new life. Don't come back to this. Always remember who you are. You're royalty. You're, you're loved by God. Poke your neighbor and say, I'm loved by God. You're destined to be with Christ for a little while. Who's listening today? What did I just say? Thank you. Wow, you guys, pay attention. Stop poking your neighbor and listen. He's coming back for you and me. And when he comes to get us, he's going to take us to share all of that beauty, all of what heaven has in store for us. Own it and be faithful. The next few couple of verses. Verse 5 and 6. So put to death the sinful earthly things lurking with it. Ooh. How many like that word? Lurk. Do you know you have things lurking in you? How's that make you feel? No? No, it doesn't bother you? You like Halloween too, don't you? It doesn't bother you either? No. God did not give us a spirit of fear. That's out of context, but anyway. So put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality. Where does this word come from? You know, this is the word porneia in the Greek, which is where we get pornography. It has to do with all of the sexual sins. Impurity, lust, and I've got a sock that's making a funny noise up here. I'm not letting gas up here. Just in case you can hear that. Sorry about that. It keeps going. For a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. Now, if we read that really fast, we might miss the the last part of that. What is it that God hates? Specifically there, idolatry. When we worship other things, when other things are more important to us, we have given them God status in our lives. Whatever that might be. Listen, you've got to identify that. I'm not here to identify that for you. The Holy Spirit will help you, though. If you say, Lord, what's in my life that's an idol? What do I need to get rid of? What am I worshiping that I shouldn't be? Because anything in that place takes away from your worship toward Him. And he wants pure and unadulterated worship. 
Hallelujah. Where was I? Put to death the sinful things. What does it mean to put to death? What does it mean to put something to death? Destroy it? Crucify? Can, can you, once it's dead, can you do anything with it? It should be dead buried, no longer available. And yet, how many of us try to resurrect these things? We take the power that God has given us to resurrect the old man. And that's what Paul's saying. He's saying, look, don't go back to this. You're, these things should be dead to you. They should no longer even be a second thought. Each of these sinful conditions are things that you and I could and should control. And I, I didn't mention this before I read this passage, but there are vices and there, there are virtues. This is, there are two lists of vices and then the virtue. That'll come here in just a minute. So this list is, of, of course, the vice. And there's a second one coming. And then we'll talk about the good things that God wants us to live. These things should not rule us. When you own your new life, Paul is saying you should put the old life to death, buried, never to be unearthed again. Verse 7, you used to do these things when your life was still part of the world, but now is the time to get rid of. And as I go through this list, just ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, are any of these in me? Anger. That's what I said. You're a little young for that, but he's smiling too. Or is it a she? He, yeah, he's smiling at me. Rage. Anybody ever been in a fit of rage? What's it look like? It's really tough when you're around somebody that's in a fit of rage. It, it can feel really rough. I mean, like, what do I do? Malicious behavior. What's that mean? Anybody? Spiteful? Destructive? Realize what he's saying here. Christian, this list of vices should not represent you or you should not represent this list. And yet, how many of us do? Slander. Dirty language. I've, I've shared my own testimony, how I had four or five words in my vocabulary, and most of them were four letters. Don't lie to each other. For you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. Are you still with me? What I wanted to point out here was the apostle used the word or phrase used to. Meaning that you no longer do these things. When you own your new life, cussing at another, getting angry, being mean and nasty, speaking poorly, 
or lying to one another, another human being, that should not even be a part of your DNA. And one of the songs you sang talked about how we have been covered, given a transfusion of the blood of Jesus. His DNA is in us now. You have been washed in His blood and you've taken on His DNA in all that you say and do. Now is the time to rid. Now is the time to rid yourself of these things. Hallelujah. Amen? Put on your new nature. Be renewed as you learn to know your Creator and become like Him. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you are a Jew or Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters and He lives in all of us. You want some good news for the... the culture of this day, this one does it right here. But first, our new nature, we have been renewed. Again, poke your neighbor and say, I have a new nature. What is that? New nature. What does that mean? And the, the best idea that I could come up with was this. If you think of that little, little caterpillar crawling around, eating, eating whatever it can get, munching on things, you know, the leaves and the plants and eating your garden up, whatever. You know, they, they're basically a worm with legs. And most of them aren't that attractive, although there are a few that are pretty cool looking. I love how God designed those things. Little hairs coming off them and the bright colors. Some of them. But that's not the end. That's the old man, if you will. Look at it like that. So that, that little creature, he climbs up a plant and he either a moth builds a cocoon or a, a butterfly builds a, a pupa, or they're in the pupa stage, a chrysalis, whatever they call it, I don't know. Anyway, you get the idea. And over a period of time inside of that thing, they are transformed from a worm to a beautiful flying creature. And most of them, without exception, are just absolutely breathtaking with the colors and the, the designs on their wings and their grace as they fly. That's what I want you to see. When we were in that old life, we were just a worm crawling around eating whatever we could find to eat. But when you are new in Christ, when you've been given that new life in Christ, you're like that butterfly, and you open your wings. And you glorify Him with everything you do. That's what God does with us. We're His. And He wants us to own that fact. Hallelujah. Not only are we invited to know God, we're invited to become like Him. That's, that's pretty deep stuff right there. I could do a whole message on that. 
The more time spent with God, the less the worldly things will affect us. Did you hear that? The more time that you spend in the presence of your Heavenly Father, the less you're going to look like this world and the more you're going to look like Him. This passage also levels the playing field, as I like to put it. In Christ, it doesn't matter what skin color or family you were born into, nor does it matter whether you're rich or poor, all men, all women, all boys, all girls are the same. God invites all of us to the table. He's no respecter of people. Church, we've got to preach this message. This should be who we are. None of us is any better than any other. Excuse me for just a minute. I believe that's good news too. Right? The fact that God has welcomed all of us into his kingdom is good news. And I think we could live, live and preach that to this culture, this generation. Verse 12. Since God chose you to be the holy people He loves, you must clothe yourselves. And now this is the list of virtues. You must clothe, you, clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. That's a, that's a whole mouthful right there. Make allowance for each other's faults. Forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others how many like the virtues how many don't necessarily like the virtues if you have to apply it to your life but you like the virtues if everybody else applies it toward you right i mean it's easy to like what everybody else is doing to you but it's more difficult to have to get yourself to own this and to say, this is how God expects me to treat my brother and sister in Christ in the world. It isn't, it isn't just locked into this room. It's, it's us out there. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your enemies. This is how we're supposed to look. When's the last time you walked in humility? I'm not saying that like dad. I'm just saying, when's the last time you walked in humility? I'm asking you that. When were you humble? When did you take the high road so somebody else could achieve something or not be embarrassed or get something ahead of you? You know, you, you walk into Sam's Club and, and they're, they're in, in the toilet paper section is the last case of members marked toilet paper. And you look and you see this little lady coming toward it and you're like, I'm faster than her. But instead you stop and you say, you know what, Lord? <laughs> she looks like she needs it more than I do. And that's just an example. But Come on. Just think if everybody practiced this. Here's the funny part. We're supposed to. 
We're supposed to own this list. This list should represent you and me and the kingdom of God everywhere we go. This last part, making allowance for each other's faults. Man, come on. Who are you mad at today? Maybe an ex-wife, an ex-husband. <laughs> you need to forgive them. Well, I can't. can't do that, Pastor. They hurt me too bad. Then let Jesus do it for you. Then you get on your face and you kneel down and you say, God, whatever it takes, help me. Because I can't do this on my own. But you need to forgive. This is what it means to own it. To own that new life. Hmm. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. When you guys sang that last song, and, and I heard it earlier before everybody got here when you were practicing, and I, 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 I closed my eyes, and I could hear, you ladies, man, you were angelic today. And that song just, you harmonized perfectly, and I'm in the back going, that's it. That's what this is saying. When we love each other, when there's peace in the house, it sounds like a beautiful harmony. I'd rather have a beautiful harmony than four or five people off key all trying to sing at the same time. And this is no reference to anybody I know personally. <laughs> That's what we sound like to the world when they hear us loving each other forgiving each other not being offended by something that some brother or sister did to us you know when I was at the potluck three years ago sister so and so ate the last little bunch of beans and I didn't even get any I know she had two helpings ridiculous you say Honestly, some of the things we hold against people are even sillier. Don't be that person. Live the virtues, not the vices. Own it. Let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. The apostle said, above all, what's higher than above all? Above nothing. Above all is above all, right? Above all. And what is it that's above all? Somebody said it. You can say it now, come on. Love. Somebody said it over here. Love, love, love. Love, love, love. 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter. Love binds, love provides perfect harmony. When you hear someone sing together in perfect harmony, it's beautiful. And that's how we sound when we live like this. Amen? Last verse, and then I'm going to start wrapping it up. 
verses. Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom He gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through Him to God the Father. Hmm. The message of Christ should fill our lives. And what that says to me, and I hope it's speaking this to you, is that this new life that you and I own, it should always, and, and I use that word intentionally, it should always point back to Christ. Whatever we're about, whatever we're trying to accomplish, whatever we're doing at work, whatever we're doing at play, it should always point back to Christ. That's what the apostle was saying here. When we own it, that's what our life represents. Jesus is preparing a place for us in heaven. And he's coming back to take us to be with him. It's all about Jesus. Can I get a good amen today? Would you stand? Nobody is here by chance. If you're thinking that, <laughs> you're not. God destined you to be here today to hear this message. If you're online and, and you tuned in today, don't think, oh man, I picked the wrong day. No, this is the right day. Because God wanted you to hear this message for whatever reason, whatever it is he's trying to download into you. And now it's a choice, a matter of decision. What are you going to do with it? Are you going to receive it and apply it to your life? Are you going to take the necessary steps to own it? Or are you going to continue living like you have been? And you know the mess that's turned out to be. Let God into your life. Let Jesus become your master. Look to him as your source because he died for you. He took your place for all your sins. And now he wants to give you new life if you'll accept it. But it's your choice. He won't force it on you. He won't make you do anything that you don't want to do. It's up to you. First, I wanted to talk to the believers today. Are you Christ's ambassador? When people observe you, when they watch you, when they scrutinize what you're doing, and that's what they do to Christians, they scrutinize. Are you representing Him, the virtues, or not? Do your, does your life bring Christ glory? Do you own it? The second is this. Are you ready? If you haven't already done this, if you haven't said yes to Jesus, if you haven't prayed that prayer, Lord, forgive me of my sins, accept me into your kingdom today. Make me one of your own. If that's something that you'd like to do today, I want to I pray with you. 
I get excited about people that make their first time decision for Jesus. Or maybe you have been one of those who, eh, you know, I remember a time in my life 20, 30 years ago that I, I said yes to God, but then I kind of did my own thing the last 30 years. Got my eyes off of the vertical relationship and onto the horizontal. I, I want to make a change there. I want to start owning what God's given me. I want to pray with you. So heads bowed just for a moment if you're here. If either one of these, any one of these, if you'd say, Pastor, I want you to pray with me, and I'm not going to embarrass anybody and have you come up here today, but I just want to see, just so I kind of know how to pray, if that's you, would you just lift your hand? I need prayer today. I want to own this. Yes. Anybody else? Yes. Anybody else? Others? Yes. Thank you. Anybody else? You can put them down. Hallelujah. Fantastic. And I know there are people online watching, and, and I'm just assuming that some of you are represented there. So here's what I want everybody to do as a family of believers today. Would you do this? Would you pray with me? And if you're already born again, just pray as a family uh, in support of these other folks. And if, if you raised your hand, I just want you to picture Jesus standing in front of you right now smiling, because he is. Wherever two or more gather in his name, the Bible says he is there. And I believe he's here. I believe he's in your living room if you're at home because you have joined us. And I want you to pray with me like you're praying this to the master himself. So let's start with the really important one, the first level. I want to say yes to Jesus. I want him to forgive me. You ready? Father, I ask you today, forgive me of my sins. Give me that new life that the Bible talks about. I want to be born again. I want to be the butterfly. I want to have wings so I can do good things. Now, so I can do great things for Jesus, for his kingdom. Today, I admit that I'm broken. And I look to you, Jesus, for my healing. Pour your blood over me today and make me new. In Jesus' name I pray. I can so sense your presence here today. Let's do the second prayer. Real short. If this is you, just pray it out loud. Father, I want to own this life. You've given it to me. It's valuable. I want to do my best with it. Now help me to put the old man under and help the new man rise to his or her place. Today, I dedicate myself 
afresh and anew to live in for you, to your glory. I want to be your ambassador. I want to represent Jesus in my family, at school, at work, in the marketplace. With your help, I'm going to get the victory. The devil is under my feet. Greater is he that is in me than he that's in this world. And I give you all the glory for what's accomplished through me. Hallelujah. Thank you. Give him the glory. As with all of these messages, just remember the Lord's going to put stuff in you all week. He's going to speak to you all week about this. And when He does, just listen. Listen to that little voice. Usually it's a still, small voice. Every now and then somebody gets shouted at, but I don't hear that too much. And when He speaks, listen. Like when... uh, Samuel was talking to Eli. He was just a young boy, right? And he was laying in bed, and God spoke to him, and he's like, what was that? And he'd run over to Eli, and he'd go, hey, Eli, what did you want? Eli said, I didn't say anything. Go back to bed, boy. That happened three times, and finally, duh, the priest, Eli, said, hey, it must be God's trying to get your attention here. Next time he speaks, say, Lord, I am your servant. Speak to me. Give him permission. And then what do you do? Listen! Because what he tells you is going to be more valuable than anything anybody else could want to say to you. Because he knows all. He is all. Right? So let's give God an ear this week and let's see what he does with our church. Hallelujah. Father, we are again blessed to be in this house, your house, this house of prayer. We ask, Lord, that you would just infuse us with the Holy Spirit. Lord, help us to be identified with you. Help us to share the love of Christ, to be the light in this dark world. And Lord, when we finally get to that place where you return for your church. You take us home to be with us, Lord. May we hear that precious statement. Well done, my good and faithful servants. Hmm. I just want to offer, if anybody needs prayer, uh, we'll have some of our prayer people up here. If you have anything you're going through and you just feel like, man, I could use a little extra this week, uh, would you guys mind coming on up and... uh, We'd be happy to pray with you. That's it. We're done. God bless you. Grab somebody you don't know. Say hi.